Uh, this is Mike Norton, zombie and pug enthusiast, and you were listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Chris Neesman, don't let your dogs bite me anymore. <laughs> like that one. That was the John Houseman of Woohoo's. It was stately, wasn't it? I liked it. It seems like longer than a week with this Thursday thing. Doesn't it? I don't know. It's almost over, man. My my classes are Monday, Wednesday. Oh, Thursday night, huh? Or Tuesday. Now, what works better for you guys? Now, Tuesday's too early in the week because then it's like, then they got the rest of the drawing shit they're working for. At least, and, and for Thursday, we kind of get an extra day to read shit. That's new. Got to be a bridge here. Like, we're, Wednesday's cool because it's hump day, but if we're going to not do Wednesday, it should be later, not earlier. Now, I'm going to, um, hold David to that comment where he just said, well, Thursday, we got an extra day to read shit and stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah, you guys better get a better, better do so. Get a, Get her better I'm right. You want to swap jobs with me? I'm good. Oh, dude, I would love to. <laughs> yeah, just the job, job, though. Just the job, not not the spoils. Oh, then no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, the comps don't change. <laughs> just, the, just the duties. <laughs> if I can't be stretching out uh, jersey, oh, I'm going with that woman. Oh. No. Yes. <laughs> like a little dog. The comps. That was good. Oh, that hit me right. I don't know why. Oh, you <laughs> shit. <laughs> Little beautiful dog. Whoa, son. Hey. <laughs> Going to get the Zika in a few days. That's when my boy came back. I was like, he's not, he's not giving anybody daps or pounds or anything. We're like, we're like hitting forearms. He's like, no, I don't want you to get the Zika. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Get Zika. Zika was oh, great in the 80s. On that kid show with the fucking. Actually, I could go for some Zima. Uh, no, mm, I don't even like that. You should be ashamed. Get that shit out of here. Hey, everybody. What time is it? It's 11 o'clock comics episode 431. Get it right this time. And I am Vince B. You are getting it right. What? Shit. I am David A. Price. Yes, you pretty. are. So pretty. Yeah. yeah. And I'm Anderson Financials MVP. I am Spencer Strassmore. No, you're not. Never. You're Jason Wood. Thankfully, my Yorkies are freaking out. They're in the show that fucking movie. Huh? I don't know. FX is actually playing that movie. What movie? Wolf of Wall Street. Nah, dude, Spencer Strasmore is like the, the Rock Snake character from Ballers. Yes, he is. No, I know, right? But oh. I, I hear Anderson for some reason. I just I. This but yes, actually, we didn't we didn't watch this last week's episode yet. We saw the first. I gotta one. say, I uh, I watched the first two episodes of the second season last night. Is good getting off to a, a rocking good start this season. Yeah. I, wait, 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 what did you watch? Off that what? fucking scooter. All right, you watched Ballers, that right? Yes. Go. Did you finish a Stranger Things? No, I watched two episodes of Stranger Things and two episodes of Ballers last night. Ballers is only a half hour, though. Vince. You can't front on that, Vince. I think I'm going to give up, dude. It's tough to get you to watch things. Wait, Vince, I just said I watched two hours of the show last night. It's not enough. Well, you know what, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, dog? Eat a bag of dicks. I mean, it's like, you don't need this, bitch. <laughs> really? Fucking <Yeah. laughs> A. Do you know how much time two of my hours is worth? You know what? <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, my 
shit. Oh, Vince, yeah. you're going to pick that up? Oh, shit. No. Oh, you're going to leave that punk card right there on the floor? Okay. What the fuck? Hey, you don't have to bitch slap your friend. You get, you get yourself to Discount Comic Book Service, ecbservice.com, where you and all the people you call friends can get rock bottom prices on your favorite comics and collectibles, such as, this is the last time you're going to hear these. From DC, it's Young Animal, the first book in the uh, new imprint. In the, uh, it's, it's the Doom Patrol, number one, mature reader's title, written by Gerard Way, art by Nick Darrington, cover price $3.99. I knew it. I knew they were going to do that, but that's okay. Your price. $1.99. Oh, 75% off. You're getting it for 99 cents. Damn. Craziness, right? I didn't even notice that when I placed my order. Why wouldn't you order that? They make it effortless to try these new series. They really do. Uh, from Image, Andrew McLean, we love him. Headlopper Trade, Volume 1, Island, or A Plague of Beasts. This is another mature reader's title. It is a whopping 280 plus pages. Cover price, respect, 1999. Your price? $9.99. Last but not least, by any stretch, Jaime, Gilbert, Hernandez, Love and Rockets, Fantagraphics, you need it. $3.99, it's a monthly comic size. The returning to the monthlies, I guess the yearly thing, um, went its course. It was great, but now we have something new. Your price, $1.99. Get in on this, bitches dcbservice.com they do not mind late orders order editions and you get your books right to your stoop what could be easier nothing not even breathing I'm telling you truth you know what yes. I want you to tell me though what you're fucking drinking mm-hmm. well I am drinking the Yingling mm. yeah, three, ca- three cases of it so I got it to drink it got to love it mm-hmm. buy you a book I do Nah, I got it. I'm bringing it this week. Straight out of you know where, I am drinking vintage 1845 Poland Spring, son. <laughs> <laughs> Even flavored or anything? Just straight up from the from 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 the straight source? from the natural springs. Straight from the straight, straight from Maine. Straight from Poland. With his dick. <laughs> no, it was straight out. Just pure. Tilt the glass a little. Pure. Bit. Everything in my body is pure. Yeah. Good lord. David. <laughs> Vince. Tell me what you're doing. I, uh, I am, you know, it's, it's a little warmish and I did not want to open any wine tonight. So I am still, I repeat from last week, I didn't do the beer, but I'm, uh, enjoying a nice whiskey sour. Nice. That sounds good. I wish I liked those. Maybe I just haven't had a real good one. That's probably it. Yeah, because I'm cheap. Well, yeah, but I, mean, I don't. <laughs> I, got I don't. Um, you didn't know that. I, I don't use like the 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 bullet or the Knob Creek or or the Makers or Buffalo Trace to make the sour. I kind of use the the cheaper stuff like either Jack Daniels or in this case Jim Beam. Oh. we have thank yous. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. I would like to thank. And we all would like to thank Mister Dave Jordan, one of our favorite people on this planet because he uh served us up the latest installment in the sad man saga yes sir sad man book two what's that 
the crippling weight of psychological and emotional stress. Love this it's cover, a feel good man. story. It's a yeah. feel good comedy. Uh, my favorite thing on the cover, David, what is it? It would have to be all the creases and the, the, the corner chunk ripped out. Spot varnish. No, the tape. Oh, the tape, yes. My yeah. th- Dude, seriously, my thumb was on the goddamn tape right now, so I didn't even see while I was talking about the cover. That ain't easy. He he nailed it. Yeah, that yeah. looks exactly it like right, tape. It does look really. And, and it's in the right spot, too. It yep. really is. Oh, and this is what? How, how many pages in this bad, bad boy? 64? More? There's a lot. Plenty. And plenty of pages. It's uh, perfect bound. And you can get this. Tell them where, David. Uh, you can get it at um, his it, well his, his Etsy store, but I'll um it is because uh, I have a bookmarked actually, but let me um let me bring it up. But in, in case you don't want Mister Price to uh, exert himself, there's stuff on the inside back cover that you can get this stuff. Very helpful, Vince. Well, DaveJordanArt.com. There you go. And? And you can email him at info at DaveJordanArt.com. And you can follow him on Twitter like I do and Instagram like I do at ThatDaveJordan.com. Am I feeling something that's not? Is there an undercurrent of hostility this episode? <laughs> What's going on? Wait, what? Because I got nothing but love. I think there's like, you guys are bringing nice to heat. Because I don't want you to realize that I literally read zero pages of comics this week. That's okay. I have enough to well, occupy. I'm very glad to hear that because I read all the comics. Oh, excellent. Okay, good. Yeah, from yep. one company. From one. <laughs> all the comics in that one Spirit company. <laughs> I love them. Uh, do we have any other little thank yous? Hmm. Um. Hmm. Well, we're actually. You know, it's awesome though. Actually, since we're on the subject of um, well, Sadman uh, and Dave Jordan. Yeah. What awesome. is awesome? And his his Etsy shop is is that Dave is I'm sorry is not that is Dave Jordan art. So just yes. just look, or just look up Sadman on Etsy. But what's cool, Vince? Someone stole my pen again. Is that uh, is. you can actually buy the pages. You can buy Sadman OA. You can own these comic strips. Why wouldn't you? And they are. You know what? I don't want to say it because he's probably going to bump up his prices. This is, well, he should. This is definitely like you know that 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 Chris Midden, Scott Hepburn, Dave Wachter kind of thing where it's like you know oh yeah you know here are my pages it's like three for a dollar it's like dude you can buy whole strips of Sad Man for like thirty bucks. Wow, yeah. that's and it's, very it's, and they're finished. It's lettered and everything, so it's you know there's 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 thirty there's fifty there's so depending on what's going on. But yes, I mean this is. You're getting a complete story. Why would you not want original comic strip art? I can't answer that question. It's I can't answer it. But this episode, we are celebrating two recent occurrences. One, the birth of Mr. Will Pfeiffer, which was today. Is today. Yes, happy birthday, Will. And, 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 and Mr. Derek Howard's birthday happened. Today is Derek Howard's no, birthday no, no. too. No, it was uh, it was it was Tuesday. Oh. It's well, earlier ha- this week. Happy birthday, Derek! Um, and we are also celebrating the life of one of the greatest illustrators that ever put pen to paper. Yes, yes, sir. We lost Jack. One Davis of the OGs, one of the all timers, man. Ooh, big pimp and. 
I was thinking about it and my initial reaction was one of sadness because we don't like to see our loved ones go. Um, but think of everything that man has given you over in the decades that, that he produced art. All the millions and millions of people that that man touched with the EC comics and mad and his various movie posters and record covers and, um, advertisements and just how many people did the, um, that was Dr. J. That goddamn Spalding end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, countless people saw that thing over the years and he, he was just a part and is and will always be a part of us. So we just wanted to give it up. Pour a little bit out mm-hmm. for our man Jack Davis. Yeah. Oh, love man! I love my man. One one of the all time all time. <laughs> so guys. good. It it kind of it. It's um. It's not. I'm not gonna say it. It 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 obviously it hurts. It stings. Uh, it sure does. But I mean, it's and it, it's and it was it was a. It was a life that. I. Got so much joy just out of him being around to do the work he did. I don't, I don't even want to call it work. I don't know if it was. I I don't know. If he made it look effortlessly. But he made it look effortless. But it was just one of those things where I it, everything. I, I love Mad Mag. He's one of the main reasons I love Mad Magazine. He is. Uh-huh. You know those all those all the the, the like you said, Vince. The movie posters, Bad News Bears, Mad 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 World. There are just so many. Things that, and you get, you, okay, so if I say Jack Davis to you, what comes to mind? What's the one image? What's the first thing that comes to mind? I gotta be honest, the Frankenstein door figure I, that he made. Why would I not expect that? I mean, really? And, well, oh, have you ever seen yeah, that? It's yeah, fucking mass. It's almost oh, life size. It's, it, it's amazing, but it, it, it has to share a little bit of time in my brain with you say Jack Davis, I think of the Frankenstein monster door, um, hanger. And I also think of the cover of creepy number one, mm. but see, that's the thing with Jack Davis. Had he just done the EC books, he would be in my pantheon. Mm-hmm. Had he just done the creepy number one cover, he would be in my pantheon and, and on and on and on. Had he just done, you know, the, the, the record covers or the movie posters, each one of those things, guaranteed him a place in in my who's who of all-time greats You're right but he, he did them all it's almost inconceivable the 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 amount of dude, what's the word jason cachet or prestige mm-hmm. or oh, th- okay. th- this man he's he's just his work is in my blood and all of our blood yeah yeah i mean for me it's 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 i don't know that there's one image i just it's just his style i just when I think of all the years as a kid reading Mad Magazine, and it was the magazine itself and the collected editions, and you know, just always reading Mad, just all the time. I mean, I was reading that way, more, way a lot more before I was reading comics, and just you know, him, him and Don Martin for me were the guys. Just every time I, I you know, I, I recognized their their cartooning before I really knew their names. I just you know, so distinctive. It just just uh, yep, uh, it's just incredible. Pound for pound. A better sequential artist than Kirby. Wow. Jack, Jack Holy. was. No, no, let me, let me, let me flesh this out. Jack's real strength was design. Jack was the world's best designer, right? 
sequentially he was he was the king mm-hmm. but you got to give props there are guys that did sequentials better than Kirby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and i think i think davis was one yeah no i'd agree with that um that one image that definitely comes to mind is um the cover of the real early mad with the baseball pitcher oh and, god i love and the, that the, the, the evil eye i think that's number four but i think um uh, I will let you know the. Uh, but what I think of Jack da- when I think of Jack Davis, I think of shoes. I think of feet. I love the way yeah. he would draw. I mean, he draw the character from head to toe, and there was always something unique about the character shoes. It was uh, issue number two. Two, okay. Well worn shoes. Yes, everybody had a hole in the bottom of their of their shoes. Because they used them, man. They were well. They were they were tools, a, and uh, and you know, but not brand new. I believe a cover of maybe Time Mag- Time Magazine. Yes, Time Magazine. Israel at twenty five, and everybody's. It's almost like everybody's toes push their shoes a little more forward. But yeah, right. it's it's he's great caricaturist. Absolutely, too. dead on. And and I am friends with a. Very good caricaturist. One of the you are one of the best. Yes, you've dropped that a couple and, times. No, I, no, and he has an original Jack Davis. And when he pulled it out of his flat file to show me, he's like, "Oh yeah, 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 you like Davis, don't you?" I'm not a huge fan of oh. Davis, and my heart kind of dropped a little bit because I respect this man's skill so much to say that you're not a huge fan of Davis. That's mad. That's it. Doesn't compute, right? It's just how could you not be? You're a caricaturist. This guy's one of the best. Well, you guys know I have that Cannibal Run yeah. fan piece, and, right. and, and Jack, never got a chance to meet Mr. Davis, and I was, unfortunately, uh, selfishly hoping that we'd have yeah. the chance to meet him in a con, and, and my dream was that he would he would be the the, the, the pinnacle of that jam piece, because when I came up with the idea, and I think of the way that a Cannibal Run poster from the 80s looks, I, I, I think of it as though Jack Davis drew it, so. Yep. Yeah, man. So. We just got to say thank you, Mr. Davis. Oh, no uh, doubt. No doubt. 91, so he had a nice full life. So I he did. Sad to see him go, but he, he at least had a yeah. nice full life. Yeah. Changed the world. All right. Let's talk about them, their comics. But we got to talk about, about it, boys. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I, I, I did not read a single okay. page this week. Well, I have nothing but Valiant to talk about this week. It's a typical week, then. <sighs> hey. Kind of. I read the... I read them all. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil things for you, David. Maybe, but well, you know what? For it, you, it would be a way to get you to read me, them. Really? Would it? Would it? Well, if 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 I spoiled one, and the next time you'd be like, "Well, I got to read this because Dickhead's going to spoil it for me if I don't." See, or I could mean. just negative reinforce. Be someone like me and hold a grudge and just say "fuck it" and, uh-huh. and not ever read any of them. You wouldn't do that. Um, to not to you. No, I. Uh, I can go sort of, kind of. I did not. It's probably going to be my annual travels because I, I, I'm okay. going to read it. But I um, actually I have two ideas for my annual travels. But we're getting way, way, way ahead of ourselves because that's still hours away. Two and a half uh, hours at away, least. Yeah. Um, it's at least 12, 13 minutes from now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Jesus starts snoring. Um, I can read. I can read. I have read. Just for I you, I have cheeseburger. I can have cheeseburger. I've read up to uh, Bloodshot number 15, so I have awesome. read, I finished Analog Man, and I have uh, started 
uh, nice. Bloodshot Island, which has okay. has its ups and downs for me, especially coming off of the Louis LaRosa Analog Man. But uh and and I you you were right when and I'm gonna let you do the whole setup, but you were right okay. when I got to the end. Mm-hmm. I was I was very <laughs> happy to see that. However, <laughs> I know. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. So yes, you are yeah. only fifteen issues ahead of me. Let's get to the quick. I'm not kidding. It it is definitely uh, my favorite book on the stands now. I know a lot of people are digging it, but to, so David and I read Bloodshot Reborn, numbers fourteen and fifteen, mm-hmm. uh, subtitled Bloodshot Island, written by the great Jeff Lemire. Art is by Miko Swayan and color is by David Barron, who seems to do a shit ton of Valiant books. He is sure. the Jordy yeah, of true. of the Valiant universe. Um, so David alluded to it. The Analog Man was the miniseries, miniseries within a series that that preceded Bloodshot that Island. Me. Well, okay, not, not not the series. I, I first of all, I dig the whole. Um, Future timeline, thirty years from now, and basically, Jason, um, Bloodshot has moved on. He has a woman. Her name is Magic. They're growing right. old together. Um, however, every once in a while, the nanites kick in, and Bloodshot gets to 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 young up and bulk up and and do whatever he has to do to help the people. No, and no. There's no water. He could do it on command. Right. He could do it like whenever he wants. So, you know, he loses the pot belly and the Duck Dynasty beard. Now he's all like, you know, Pale Punisher again. So you have, um, you have, he's got to go and he's on a mission and, uh, he's got a compound of people over which he presides. He takes care of them. He feeds them. He makes sure they're safe because, because there are, there are a lot of, Roving gang, gangs of not nice people in this like world. Like the Shadow Men. Mm-hmm. Like the Shadow. And, and the Exo drones are pretty much the, the police. But, right. um, I'm digging the whole future timeline thing and, and, and this is cool. And then a familiar face from Bloodshot's past shows up, uh, mm-hmm. who happens to be, well. You can say it, Ninja. Yeah. See, I always like to say Ninja K though since it's the whole program but yeah and then jack shows up and he's still his uh his his smart assy type self with the accent and and he's good still with his looking good, yeah though. he's still looking you know he's like he's he's not exactly um uh, super old sean connery but he is he's he's active and he can he can get shit done so he and bloodshot are working together and stopping the exo drones and doing everything they got to do however bloodshot uh pretty much like the Every Clint Eastwood movie, Bloodshot goes back home only to find the love of his life has been killed by the Shadow. Yeah, or Bronson, right? Or Bronson yeah. or, yeah. uh. Name him. Yeah, yeah. Just, just any, any Santa Killers, any dude who is. Leaves the roost. Right. Comes home, comes back to find the chickens have all been slaughtered. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, now he's like beyond livid and 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 he's gonna go and and settle the score um and it's four issues and it's unique in the sense that it's got the the thicker cover 
and it yes. just and it looks absolutely amazing. Larosa's got this whole uh uh Tex and hair sign and 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 his and and a unique meld of both plus adding his own touches and he does the shit he posts on Facebook is just absolutely stunning and and to actually see it in context in the comic is just it it, it blows your mind. Way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing about the analog man that if anything about that arc rubbed me the wrong way it was the fact that the entire all of the events are false memories bingo that is implanted this, the way this was presented this would have been a this could have been not as i'm not going to compare it to the valiant or or divinity or anything like that that could be great standalone stories but yes the fact that it's presented and it looks different compared to the nine issues that preceded it and and the two issues since uh well i thought that was a good idea to make it look it looks different. Th- it, right but it but, was an indicator that hey something may not be right here because our surroundings have changed right yes you can definitely you can go far and wide and 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 read into it that way i have no problem doing that but the fact that yes that you get to the end of it and it's like psych and i'm like that's that's fucked right and that's the thing with a character like Bloodshot, who has been manipulated from day one by Project Rising Spirit, he has scads of false memories in there, bouncing around. The thing that really gets me is, now with this Bloodshot Island, <laughs> Ray, Ray's kind of back in the custody of his creators, and he wakes up on this island. And the island is populated by other bloodshot agents. And you got, you got one from World War II. You got a superfly looking dude from the Vietnam era, a Russian. There's even a nanite infected dog yep. called Bloodhound. Yes. It's <laughs> perfect, yeah. right? But it doesn't look like so, a bloodhound. It looks more like a, no, yeah. it's a German Shepherd, yeah. right? Something like that. So, and blood squirts back. But like the gist of this thing is it's a cat and mouse game. Uh, perpetrated by Deathmate. It's a Lady Quark looking female marauder, uh, who just completely decimates all the bloodshots every single day. Every day. It's the same thing. Yeah. They wake up, they run, they it's die, like repeat. It's just, up, it's, yeah. All the bloodshots are. But they, but they retain their memories. It's not like they, they right, wake up right. and, and it's a blank slate. They all it's, know that they die at the end of like the day and will be back tomorrow. Like Doomsday, right? Um, so, How many so episodes in a row is it that you've worked in Doomsday? In it's Doomsday or Josh Bayer, so we'll be good. Incredible. So, like, the bloodshots are summarily destroyed by Deathmate every single day. And then they're sent to this installation so the nanites can rebuild their bodies. And when the sun rises, they're sent out and it they do it all again, right? The thing that gets me is how can we, knowing that the previous arc was false memories implanted by Project Rising Spirit. How can we completely invest in anything that happens to Bloodshot now, knowing that it could be just another false memory? Right? It doesn't, it, it doesn't supremely hamper my enjoyment of Bloodshot because I love the character, right? But there's, it's, it's, it's almost, it's getting close to that Wolverine bullshit. Where Watch they yourself. just keep, I'm sorry, I have to keep you awake. They just keep layering these unanswered questions 
on top of it. And then you get to the point where you may not care anymore. Right? You're absolutely I, right. No, that's even not care just doesn't compute for me. I don't even. I, I know. But, um, as always, raise the fly in the ointment. He, uh, unlike the other soldiers, he has yet to surrender his hope. And with the last page of 15, which he thinks, it's, it's got, yeah, I mean, we're not going to spoil it because it is new. Oh, I'm going to spoil oh, are it. You? All right. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine because we, we, you, you can't, I mean, I know, I realize it's, it's a, it's a fairly new issue, but considering how hurt, well, you and I specifically, not so much Jason, but how you and I felt after, um, after what happened to this character, uh, then by all means, yes, you can, we, yeah. fuck it, do it. Bloodshot spoilers. If you're reading Bloodshot Reborn and you didn't get to the end of issue 15, fast forward. Well, hurry up and read it. Yeah, read it and then fast forward. Don't. Just don't listen to this. Alright? So he, last page of issue 15, he, he, he's in the clinch with, with Deathmate and they're going at it and she talks but to him. But there is, right, because there is like, one, there's one scene earlier in the story where it's, it's not that she, does, she, does it appear that Deathmate recognizes him or does he, yes, be, no! No, Deathmate does kill him. Yeah. That's right. Okay, yeah, no, for some reason I thought that, uh, that she saw him and then. Come did, on, son. And then she like flew away. Got, she has absolutely no conscience at all. She just, she just eviscerates these guys. So Ray has got her in the clinch and they're, she's talking to him and the voice that resonates with him, he's like, wait a minute, I, I, I've heard that voice before. I was, of course you have. It's not magic. It's Kay McHenry. <laughs> so if you were going to manipulate Bloodshot. That's one hell of a way to do it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. If if you are putting this guy through his paces by a series of stuff that never happened, that's the way to do it. Which makes me a little bit leery that this is yet another um, false memory. Uh, more manipulation on the part of PRS. I don't want it to be because we need some stuff in Bloodshot that's real, right? You got Blood Squirt running around. He's obviously not real. <laughs> he's a he's a, a figment of of Ray's. Um, uh, he's a product of Ray's consciousness, and it's just like I, I, it must be so frustrating to be to be Bloodshot. What do you believe? How do you how do you even function, not knowing if anything in your life is real? He finds love and now she's gone again. And, and if I'm going to be a little bit upset too, if this is the real deal, if Deathmate is who she says she is and she captured the love interest of someone who was once close to her and now, you know, I'm nuts. I'm Kay McHenry. I'm this killing machine now. Why wouldn't you take magic out the very second you captured her? If she's alive, if magic is alive at the end of this arc and this is Kay McHenry, I'm going to call file. She should be dead. She should be killed. Yeah. You're right about that. She doesn't, you know, blink killing um, Ray. Why? Well, because she knows he's coming back. But, um, like, if, if that was magic and, and she got her hands on her, she would have to be dead. That's a woman. They're jealous. <laughs> No, this bloodshot's so damn good, Jason. You gotta read it. 
Oh, I will, especially because uh, had a chat with Mr. Lemire this week. Nice. Mm-hmm. He's coming back to the fold. We may be, uh, yeah, we may be bringing the karma full circle. Awesome. So yeah, we'll see. But he's, well, he's in the I, hopper. I'm going to give him when I when I talk to him when he does come up. I'm going to give him a freebie because I have an idea. Dude, what a freaking couple years this dude's had, huh? For real. He's got he's, he's got Bloodshot. Yep. Extraordinary X Men, which I know you guys aren't reading, but Old Man Logan, that- which I talked about last week. I want to because of the Ramos, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight, if you're digging. You, oh yes, yes, on, yes. Descender, Redonculus, yep. and One Eisner's Plutona, which I'm going to talk about next week, or not next week, two weeks. Uh, it's the dude's just on a on a on a. And what what I should be cutting in in my next DCBS box? I cannot wait to read Black Hammer. Black Hammer, yeah, yes, for sure, for sure. I just wrote that down, and I was thinking while you were well, I wasn't thinking while you were speaking, and I wrote down what you said instead of what I wanted to write down, which was Bloodshot. Um, so if I can seg off this because this seg? is important, yeah. <laughs> now he's got no time to say two syllables, motherfucker. Are fifty year olds allowed to seg? I think so. We seg left they and right. Seg, we seg so all the time. I there's no sagging going on with me, buddy. All right, buddy. All right. Uh, another series from Valiant, which is running right now, is the Wrath of the Eternal Warrior. Right. Oh yeah, this is written, written by Robert Venditti. Oh yeah, no, awesome. actually no. I yes, I'm not. I'm not current on that, but yeah, I thought you were gonna say. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Venditti do. I won't spoil it, other than you know the basic, the crux of the biscuit, right? So, and it's drawn by Raul Allen. And colored by, I believe, uh, no, it's Raul Allen and Patricia Martin on art. But the deal on Eternal, Wrath of Eternal Warrior is someone who, uh, we don't know by name, but if you're a longtime Valiant fan, I'm talking volume one Valiant way back in the early nineties, you've seen this guy before. Someone is wise to Galad's um, revival mechanism, so to speak. How he comes back from the dead, he has to fight his way through hordes of beasts and and boss levels, and and he comes back, he pierces the veil, and he's in the land of the living again. Well, someone's wise to that. And on his most recent reincarnation, Galad wakes up, and he's hooked to all these machines. He's like, what the fuck? He has all this medical machinery and he's, he's wired. He's, he's being probed and prodded and data is being collected on him and his weapons are there and he wakes up and he is shoved into a labyrinth. Literally, that's the name of this arc, labyrinth. He's shoved into the labyrinth and he's killed and he comes back and he's killed again and he comes back and he killed, he's killed again. Add infinitum okay and while all this is happening this person is gathering data on galad what happens what of his what body chemicals spike when when he comes back what don't what you know and which got me to think which is a cool thing right so we know of the connection between rye and bloodshot yes yes david you know right there's more they the two characters share more than uh physical similarities okay when when um 
the first rye was initiated, the nanites were used in the digital coding because to pay respect for Bloodshot's bravery, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, the nanites rebuild Bloodshot. Whenever he dies, Bloodshot's all sewn back together with these nanites, these little tiny machines who are intimately familiar with his genetic genetic code and they rebuild him, right? Rye loses an arm, no big deal. He just generates another one. Where'd that information come from? The nanites are magic, right? Well, well caveman would think it yes. was magic. Look at that. So with magic is just another word for science we don't understand, right? <laughs> so wouldn't it be cool? And this is what I'm going to, I'm just going to slide this across the table for Mr. Lemire. This is for you. Wouldn't it be cool if the machine language used to program the nanites was based on Galad's DNA? Wow. Yes. Yes, isn't that? And it just, I'm driving home today from football practice. I'm thinking, okay, bloodshot comes back all the time. How does he do it? Football practice already? Yeah, it sucks. Damn, starts bad early, yo. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's it's horrible, man. It's whatever. Still got three weeks till we start. So if someone's collecting data on Gilad, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't they use like the 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 time period of this Mm -hmm. labyrinth story? Is not necessarily current. Doesn't have to be current. What if this is a um, a flashback story? We don't know, right? This could have been done years ago, even before you know with the, the the current events. So why not tie Bloodshot to Eternal Warrior by using Galad's DNA as the basis for the Nanites? I think it's a good idea. It's not bad. No, it's real. I like it. And I'm just going to say, well, you can use that. Just call it something Sicilian in honor. I can already see what's going to happen. We're going to have Jeff back on the show. Things are going to be going great. Vince is going to pitch this to him on the air. And it's going to get real quiet because Jeff's going to be like, dude, I wrote that into my last arc. It hasn't been published yet. (laughs) But now everyone's going to think I stole it from you. No, but one of the things is like, why haven't they thought of this before? Well, maybe they have. Maybe it's in the works right now. It just seems obvious to me that that's it should be the bait because all all the valiant characters are connected in some way right where where was the first appearance of bloodshot eternal warrior mm-hmm. you know it's just they have this massively interconnected universe let's just connect it even more and five years no reboot so there you go but anyway i'm sick of talking for right now i want to hear something <laughs> else but that's my pitch uh, I like your you pretty pitch. I like it. Good. It's a smart way to do it. I'm surprised I came up with it. Oh, stop. Yeah. What you got? Oh, man. Um, there is the folder. There it is. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I was waiting for, for Jason on this because, um, don't wait for him. I'll let you down every time. I read. Oh my uh, god, dude! Talk about hostility, <laughs> right? <laughs> I um, what? I finished Starve. I read the tenth issue. Oh, nice. Oh, it's hot in here. And <laughs> you're right, Vince. 
Yeah. Um, it's going through menopause. Seriously. No, they don't say. They just get hot. Um, and I... No mute button, Vince? <laughs> no, man. Just fucking keep it all. It's real. It's the realness. The, um... Cinema Verite. Uh, it's coming from the guy who farts and burps <laughs> on the mic. See, that was the old millennium, not the new millennium. <laughs> millennium. Uh, I, have I so much this week. I just want to let you know. I, I putting that up. I'm not going to talk. About, I'll wait for Jason to read stuff. Nah. Why? You go get in there. Get in there. Jump because in. I don't. I, I just. I wish it ended as strong as it started. Oh damn! What is it? That's a, it. Didn't that hurts? It 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 didn't. And and you can kind of see it in in the last couple of issues with like issues eight and nine and you kind of see where they're where they're probably heading I mean, especially once once after the first first half of the series ends and then they come back and and they're really and there's no problem because the characters are, are for the most part they're well not every character is is thoroughly fleshed out but they were kind of um wood was definitely Putting more of the light on, uh, the spotlight on Gavin's daughter. And, and that kind of continues as the second half of the series reaches its conclusion. Um, but I don't, I just feel like as, as much as was put, as much as they poured into the first few issues and, and how detailed and, and deliberate everything was and, and how it was flowing. If they knew where it was going and, and, and that it was going to be a 10 issue series. And I'm, I'm guessing they figured it was a 10 issue series is how it was pitched because most are either, if it, if it's a finite series, it's usually six, four, six, maybe eight issues. But I mean, so, so 10 is kind of a, it was, I don't know if, you know, they got the numbers for issue after the first trade, and you're like, yeah, we got to wrap this up. I, I'm guessing that it was meant to be a 10 issue series. And if, if I'm wrong, that that's fine. But it, um, it wasn't as the, the beats weren't as strong when we got to the end. And, and they were just, and it, it, it shifted focus away from, uh, a lot of it with the food. I mean, the, the, the first few issues, and anytime Gavin's in the kitchen, he's got the ingredients out. He's breaking down recipes. I mean, you can almost, you can practically write them down and, and use them at home. And that, those became a lot less frequent as, as the series continued. And it just, um, it went kind of in just a slightly different direction. So, um, I thought the first five issues were great. I thought it was a really strong start. And then, uh, and then not so much, especially when his ex-wife is stabbing him, and then you know, and then we got the whole jail thing, and it was just, and then and and then the drama with with the producer and and his daughter, it just it it became just unwieldy. It was just it was it was a it wasn't a mess, but it wasn't as as uh, as uh, compelling. Definitely as compelling, but it wasn't, it, it just, it, it didn't have the same, um, it, it, not routine. It just, it, it kind of just felt like it not fell apart. 
it wasn't as strong. It just the, the, the consistency wasn't there. Uh, See, now it went right to the back of my regime pile. This is beautiful. No, I mean, and I, I don't, I just, my, my thing is, when you get around to reading it, maybe you'll, maybe you just figure, oh, it was, it was the perfect conclusion because of how it started and where it ended. And so I just, I don't want to paint any pictures for it. I don't want to put anything in your head. You're going to be like, all right, so now I. Do you, do you think that's a product of the creative team? Like, cause like you can perceive when the creative team loses interest in the thing they're creating. You can, but usually I don't, I don't know if that's. See, and, and I kinda, I didn't crap on Hook last week, but I, I definitely, that's another one where it, I, I honestly would, would not doubt that Miller's like, hey, look at the kitty, and he just got distracted on something else, and yeah. just, fuck Hook. For example, Starman. I thought James Robinson seemed to lose interest in Starman after a while. And with that, and, and, and he, he may have, Could but be the again, in the dr- rampant drug abuse, but. <laughs> So, which which would make allegedly him yeah so right. allegedly well okay yeah. um, the record but it's also you know right. that's as as much as it yes it's it's his character um it, it's also an IP for another company and and there may be something else involved whereas with the image books it's like I don't think what it really has anyone to blame but himself and 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 right you know, stage or the uh and even with, with Huck, that, that's Miller and Albuquerque. So it's, but yeah, I mean, you definitely can, Vince, whether it's, it's, it's a writer on a, a big two mainstream corporate owned property or, uh, or their own. You, I, I think if you are, especially if you, if you're not just reading it in passing, you're like, oh yeah, let me just flip through this so I can get caught up. But if, if you actually, if, if you're, Vested and 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 have a a, a connection. If, if it's if it's singing to you, then yeah, then then there's definitely something I think you'll you'll pick up on if if the beats seem a bit off. I mean, shit, there can be I, people do when they're watching you know TV shows and and someone else is writing this particular issue, and it's like, well, that that character definitely didn't behave this way last week, and it's just there there are you. Obsessed may not be the right word, but you can get really into something and and feel the 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 winds blow differently when some ain't right. Right. Did anybody read Batgirl and Birds of Prey Rebirth? No, but I want to hear about them. I um, I read, I read virtually none of the relaunched. Batgirl by by Cameron Stewart and company. Um, what? <laughs> That's cute. Um, <laughs> I did read the. First, I mean, when when New Fifty Two started, I read the first couple issues of of the new Batgirl, and everybody when and and like everybody else, I, I was like, oh, okay, so that's um, it was popular. That's right? not Stephanie, and and it it's and back, and and okay, cool, no more wheelchair. So this is um. This is uh, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson. Art is by Claire Rowe, and uh, Alan Pasalacqua does your colors. And um, the the art, the splash page is is great. Um, I, I so you're talking about Batgirl Rebirth now. I'm talking about Batgirl 
Birds of Prey Rebirth. Okay, gotcha. Um, the, uh, yeah, the art, I, I, I dig the Batgirl scenes, I dig the flashbacks, but something seems to be a little off when, um, when we bring in Black Canary. Um, but overall, I mean, the art is, is quite, um, I, I, I like the way Roe draws the characters. Yeah, I'm, I really like the fact that Batgirl's costume is not Jim Lee, ultra clingy, super tight, late, you know, yes. spandex. She, it, it sags yes. in some areas. Yeah, it, it looks like it, it's a lived in costume. It looks like it's something right. you could actually, really, I mean, the, all the laces on the boots and, and yeah, right. just, and, and it doesn't, it, and when she did the, the roundhouse kick, and you can see where the top separates from the bottom, like there's a little bit yes, of skin. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Um, but we get, uh, quick and dirty little origin story of, of Barbara Gordon, um, hanging out with dad, laughing at, at movies, having a gay old time. And then you, um, she, dad doesn't want her to become a cop. Keep that, you know, this is the life I'm living. I don't want this for you. Uh, mm-hmm. but she's obsessed with things, ends up becoming, um, uh, female version of, of Batman. And then, uh, everything is kind of going okay until the doorbell rings and she answers the door. And all she remembers from that day, all that, that, that day that changed her life is that stupid Hawaiian shirt. Oh. And then she was shot. And mm. the, uh, she just, she, she also can't eat marshmallows anymore because she was making hot cocoa for her and her father when the doorbell rang. That's a good touch. Um, and, and as far as everything else affiliated, associated with that day, with that moment, uh, because of the palm trees on the shirt, she's, she's thankful that there are no palm trees in Gotham City because then she'd probably, have to move. But um after that and she's in the wheelchair, things change at home. It's very dark, it's dreary. There is it really isn't a whole lot of laughter going on in the house. But um she still wants to help people. She still wants to she may not be able to walk again. She can't use her legs. She can't run around rooftops fighting crime, but that doesn't mean she still can't be useful. She still there's still a purpose. So uh she she finds that purpose by Becoming Oracle. And, um, and she enlists Black Canary. They become the birds of prey, but eventually, um, it, uh, it took a couple of years to adjust to the new normal in a wheelchair. It took even longer for me to adjust to the experimental surgery that put me back on my feet. So uh, it's still so to this can- day. I don't know if it was explained in any other Batgirl book, if it was explained anywhere else with the new 52. But now I know at least, I'm sure other people already knew, but now I know why Barbara Gordon is walking again. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that because I didn't know right. either. Um, so when uh, the whole reason for this series, for this issue specifically, um, when, when Batgirl stops these... Uh, Basically, they just look like burglars, but when she stops this, uh, this heist happening, 
when she um, she takes the phone from one of the uh, from one of the bad guys, and it turns out that the person that sent this team an email is Oracle. And now Barbara wants to know who the hell, who, who, who sent this email. So homeboy's like, I, I don't know. My, my boss paid some computer nerd in exchange for some intel. Goes by Oracle. So now she is just stomach drop. She has no idea where the hell, what, what, what's going on. So she goes back. She finds Black Canary. Um, and they're going to, Black Canary is kind of standoffish. This, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't, it's hard for me to say based on, on this issue. And I am not current on the, um, I flipped through the first issue. I have no idea how many issues of, of the current Black Canary series there is. So I don't, I'm sure there's some consistency between that Black Canary, the Black Canary in this comic and the Black Canary in Green Arrow. Um, but in the little bit, I've um I've seen of this new or black canary. Uh she's a bit of a bitch. So obviously there's something else going on in her life. There's a reason why she's got this chip on her shoulder. So um I'll probably find out once I read the black canary book, but uh it looks to me like Huntress has no compunction against uh killing. No. No, she doesn't. And this, this was that a thing cuz didn't well she her was, her and Dick right come they were at the um they they were um in spiral together the whole Grayson series and and uh she was matron she was and eventually became agent one um or I'm sorry zero so when she left that school and in the first issue of Nightwing um Dick was at the door trying to talk to her letting her know you know I'm leaving and uh she didn't open the door. She didn't respond at all, but she was dressed as Huntress. And basically the editor's note was, you know, read Batgirl Birds of Prey for more. So this ah. continuation of that and Huntress has a hit list and she's going through, um, all of these, uh, mafia hitmen who, uh, who she's going after the hitmen of families the way these hitmen took care of her family. Mm. So, uh, so she's on this list. Meanwhile, Batgirl and Black Canary are also, um, trying to piece all the clues together to find out who the hell this Oracle is and, and where everything is coming from. And that's when, uh, our heroines all end up, um, meeting because the, the person that Black Canary and Batgirl are after is also on Huntress's list. Right. So, um, Heroes got to fight before they team up. And now we get to, um, it's, it's, it, it's, I don't know how familiar these characters are with the, I don't know how familiar Huntress is with the other two because Black Canary is, um, she knows her name. Right. She knows the names, which completely baffles Barbara. Um, she takes Black Canary out pretty easily. But again, Black Canary is much of a skilled fighter as she may be. Huntress was a member of a spy organization and I'm sure is, is, I would imagine much better trained 
than Black Canary is. Um, so, uh, then we also, um, we don't get to see anybody's face, but we do see the hands of the person pulling some of these strings and, um, possibly impersonating an Oracle. So it was, yeah. it was a decent enough setup. I really, I really enjoyed the art. I don't know if Roe is going to be the artist on the first issue of the, uh, of the new series, just like, um, Otto Schmidt took care of rebirth and then the next couple of issues of green arrow. So, um, but I, uh, I dug it. I don't you know, as much. I, I enjoyed it as much as I could without knowing everything about all of the characters in the book. There's enough of a mystery there to find out who the hell is. And that's, and that's good or bad. That's, that's another thing about new 52. So here was, and I don't, I don't want to explain. I don't, I don't want my hand held and, and I don't need all the dots connected right now to find out where Dr. Manhattan or, or rebirth ties into how Barbara Gordon went from being in a wheelchair and being able to walk again. And then what does that mean about the previous birds of prey series? And, and why doesn't this black canary and, and huntress get along and I don't I as far as this rebirth issue there were things here just based on based on Barbara's origin and her telling her story and then getting the other couple of characters involved I there's enough here for me to want to check out the next issue yeah I'm looking at this sequence where she's in the confessional yep can you imagine if Frank Miller drew that sequence? He would have milked the shit. Oh, absolutely. Close ups and everything. Out of the, out of the shadows with the, cause, um, for those of you who have not been in a confessional, <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I have been in one. Um, there's like a, a, some kind of a iron or metal mesh between you and the priest. It's like that, a lattice. Yeah, it's it, yeah, and it's ornate, but it it just you can basically make out the silhouette of the person. If you push your face up against it, you can mm. see through it. But that's not the point. The point is to have some kind of divide between you and the holy man. In quotes, you know the reality um, is unless you just walk into a random church, they know exactly who you are, and vice versa. Of course, right. Um, and the light is shining in on um, hunters from the priest side, and it's casting all these um, clover-like. Shadows against the wall, and I'm thinking Frank would have just taken that and ran. Oh hell yeah, sure. Yeah. Because they're digitally applied in here, mm -hmm. where Frank would have drawn he would he would have drawn them. Yeah. So, Dap, the Benson sisters are probably best known for being the writers of the 100 show on CW. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're big, but they're big geeks, and and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Julie, one of the sisters, befriended Jeff Johns, and. Then he pitched her on writing for DC. Nice. So you mean the president? I was going to say. Speaking of Jeff Johns, talk about moving <laughs> on up, huh? The new president of DC Entertainment, yep. like the Good big dog, the head honcho. You know, we have like Julie and uh, the Dio's boss. Right, but we have all had issues with Mr. Johns's performance over the years. But I got to say, in his hands. I think it can only be a good thing. Yeah, I don't really have an issue with his performance. I mean, I, I, I don't, 
I mean, well, uh, I mean, some come on. It's like again, some of the things went on far too long and and just fell flat. But well, um, yeah, I guess. But I mean, the thing about him is is he's definitely passionate for the classic component. Of exactly. Right. You know? What has come before. Right. And he, he loves his characters. He loves the history of them and the, the, the legacy. And I think he's going to ensure that there's a, a, at least some portion of, of the new publishing maintains a, a strong. Yes, it's good, good, yeah, good, good. To him. Yep. My turn again. Go for it. All right. Oh, good. Kid. <laughs> All right, more valiant. I read. Did you hear Vince tell it? People listen to our show like they like people might think Valiant puts out like forty titles. Well, you know the what was there like twenty books in in the box last time? They're getting up there. I couldn't tell you. That's because of um, four thousand AD, four thousand one AD. Right. I'll let you know when I. Um, <laughs> but anyway. I read Exo Manowar 47 and 47. The first, uh, the parts one and two in the Long Live the King storyline. Count down to 50. It, count down to 50. Count down to the end. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Written by Robert Venditti. Pencils by Joe Bennett. Inks by Marco Lorzer. And our good buddy, love to tweak this man, Ulysses Ariola on color. Uh, and that's not it. Uh, Roberto De La Torre and Dean White did the flashback sequences, but there's a lot of finality going on in the Valiant titles. This book feels like Arc's last story. It's nuts because his his world is in a shambles. David, have you been keeping up with EXO? No, I'm way behind. Okay. His world's in a shambles. Uh, the, the new Visigoth sanctuary that he made in Nebraska is in a shambles. Um, mostly because of Commander Trill and, and the vine plantings really stirring up shit. Um, but this arc is, uh, Exo has ups and downs with me. I mean, you'll have an arc that's really strong and then an interstitial story that really maintains the 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 mythology but doesn't really wow me but this one the long live the king is is awesome uh because it it takes a big old bite out of uh vine mythology so you know about the the sacred armor of shenhara right it was created um by the vine it's a, a commingling of plant consciousness and technology and it's revered. It's a holy thing, right? It's it's revered as the savior of loam and, and the vine. But I don't think we ever asked the question, what was it created to save the vine from? Right? If, if Shinhar is the savior, what's the destroyer? Will they answer that in this arc? You get these beings called the torment, the massive, dark, faceless, um, celestial sized beings that their skin like mirrors the cosmos. They, they're starry and they, you can't get a bead on them. They're, they're, they, they, their shapes shift and they're, they're giant, right? Uh, and they're a complete mystery to everybody but the vine priest, right? Um, 
in this arc, you get Colonel Capshaw and Gate, and you have Vine soldiers. The Armarines are in this arc. Uh, the Visigoth soldiers. None of these people can do anything against the Torment. They just they land and they completely decimate the the Visigoth sanctuary. Um, so Arik chooses the better part of valor, and he retreats. Um, enter Unity. This is what I love about Valiant. So, enter Unity takes the stage. Neville Alcott shows up. Ninjak, Ginger's here. Livewire. Ginger knows stuff. She has data on the torment. Um, what these nasty, nasty pieces of work do is, um, they they roam the galaxy, just completely decimating worlds. But they don't do it to um, subjugate or enslave or, like, say, strip mine the world of resources. No, they don't do any of that stuff. They come for memories and experiences, and they they're they're calling the very identity of the beings that they they run rushad over. So all that makes you you, they will take. And you're gone. The, when they, when they first hit Earth, they don't speak the language, right? So they pick up a person next to them and they just kind of like touch the person against their skin and the, the, they just absorb it. And then they learn the language and the customs and the, and they keep doing it. Like they grab a vine soldier and blah, and it's nuts. Um, but it's not. The reason why I say it has an air of finality about it is because, okay, you got these cosmic beings coming down. Exo doesn't know how to deal with them. Nobody knows how to deal with them. And the Vine, uh, with Commander Trill, they left in 47. They're like, fuck this. We're out of here. But they come back to attack at the end of 48. So now, now you have these gigantic cosmic beings tromping over the land and that would be enough. To contend with, now you have another Vine army attacking shit because Trill is not happy. He wants complete anarchy. He wants chaos. He wants they're not a fan of humanity, and they're, he's definitely not a fan of Arik being in the Shinhara armor. So it's it's crazy. But you're reading this and you're thinking, where can it go? There's there's two more issues left. How is this going to end? I don't think it's going to end well. I, th- I think Ark's going to bite the big one at the end of this. I don't see how he couldn't. Nobody can fight these things. What What's going to happen? I don't know, but it's awesome reading it. I think it's great that Exo is going out on one of the strongest arcs that, that the book has had. 50 issues, that's crazy. It seems like yesterday these books just started. Well, But mm-hmm. in honor of, of issue 50, they are including a little special... Gift to those that buy Exo Manowar. Each issue's polybagged. Yes. And you get a card. A microprint. A microprint, they're calling it. With, um, some of them are pre-printed. There are some that are original art. I have yet to get one of those. They just, they sent me the wrong box. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. But, um, I think it's, it's a fantastic, um, arc and, and, and I can't wait till David reads it. Because I'm knowing you're going to love it. um... Art can be... He can overstay his welcome. Yes. So if if I have not... I I can start with this this countdown to to the end? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Because I have... um, I have Ninjak and Divinity 2 
and Eternal Warrior to read. And I'd like to read those before I read Excel. Oh, Excel keep. Yeah. And what I would do is read all, all, um, long live the king in one shot. Let them, let them stack up. Cause they go pretty fast. Okay. It, they're, it's all action really. And the flashback sequences, uh, that Roberto De La Torre and Dean White did are amazing. They're a different tone. It's a, like a visual shift. It, it's, um, kind of Christopher Mitten-esque. It's, it's real inky and, 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 and brushy and, and it, there's even a different palette that they use for those. And the pages are designed like a, a Druyer with a little bit of machinery worked into the panel borders. It's beautiful stuff. Oh. But yeah, they're, they're flashbacks. I, I have much more valiant. So you, you tell me something else you're Well, right. I didn't, um, uh, I did not, I meant to, I wanted to read the fifth issue. Well, it's a giant comic, so I don't know. I, I, I wanted to read the fifth issue of The Adventures of Archer and Armstrong for oh. one very, very specific reason. It's awesome. And I bet you I can guess that reason. If the reason is because the art is by Mr. Mike Norton, you are correct. Yep. 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 And I, I have flipped through it and it looks absolutely amazing. Mike is real comfortable in the Valiant universe. Sure. Um, Jason will love the issue because on the cover it's, uh, <laughs> Archer holding hands with Faith. Oh, my no. girl. He's a chubby chaser. My, my. Yeah. Yeah. There oh, are. damn. Written by Rafer Roberts. Uh, Mike Norton illustrated it and Alan Pesalacqua did the color art. Uh, you know what? Out of all of the, the Valiant books I read in, in, in that stack, I think Archer and Armstrong 5 was my favorite book. Yeah, I can't wait to read it. It's, it's, it's great. It's, it's a great cover too. Just the two of them looking in each other's eyes. It's cute. I mean, whoever decided to put these two characters together really nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Because Obi is like so trusting and, and caring. And it's, and it's all about the inside with him. He doesn't give a shit really about He doesn't anything, care you know, what's so. up. Yeah. He shouldn't care. Ah. Uh, yeah, he shouldn't. It's good stuff, man. It totally. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it's funny. Did you finish the, uh, the bag no, of holding? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. That's oh, why I was, I was really kind of just, I wanted to just read this fifth issue just, and then I'll go back and finish the. Well, then don't read the first, um, if the, if Armstrong's on a page, don't read that part. Oh. Cause it'll blow the ending oh, to. Oh, right, never mind. Then I'll, I'll finish it then. Yeah. Um, uh, and Norton's got a real knack for facial expressions. Yeah, I mean, among other things, right? But I think he'll make it in this industry. No, he's got a chance. Yeah. Um, because I know Jason after I, I brought it up, uh, a week or two ago and, and, and as much as Jason loved the, the first issue, um, the, the second issue of the, uh, the Punisher. Mm. Written by Becky Cloonan, art by Steve Dillon. This was, um, this continues the f- story from the first issue. However, um, I was a little surprised that things moved kind of quickly. Um, and, and this issue as far as confrontations, um, th- there's a neat 
set up at the beginning of the issue where Frank is in a diner and he um he's looking over the paperwork that uh the folder that his uh his his old um his former compatriot left behind so he could escape. Uh and he's going through everything, but while this is all happening, the waitress is asking if she um if he wants to order anything. And uh he he asks for a smoked meat sandwich, which they don't have, but she he says, I heard it was good. It, it's all it's that whole spy thing, you know, the the weather's great today, I'm carrying an umbrella type shit. Um so Frank Frank makes a phone call and um he uh He's after Face, who we met in the first issue, and and has a uh, a unique hobby. The whole the, the bulk of the issue takes place in the um, in the woods. There is a uh, the confrontation was uh, pretty much between Face and Frank. Uh, it doesn't end here in this issue. But I, I was surprised to see them actually, um, the face off, no pun intended, so quickly. I, I figured it might have been, it may not have been a blow off at the first, at the end of the first arc, but, uh, I'm surprised two issues in and, and they're already kind of, um, going after each other. And then we cut to the, uh, to the feds that are after Frank and everything. There is a, um, and then we're introduced to another character who is a, um, who like most characters in a Punisher comic book is a piece of shit and, and is willing to, um, sacrifice his daughter, um, for whatever greater good this, this, this idiot is, um, it's, it's pretty, the way Dylan draws it, I, it, how we, how we're introduced to the character, she's, she's playing out, they, they live in a trailer park and, or not even a trailer park, they live in a trailer and, and they're really, yeah, it's, it's a trailer park, it's a shitty looking place. It's in Vermont and, um, she finds a little frog and, and she's, uh, she's named it Francis and can I keep him? And, and dad yells at her so she drops the frog and then he ends up just stepping on it. And, and so we're just, we're establishing everything right off the bat. Yeah, dad's a fucking winner. So, um, these dudes show up and, uh, they're, um, they're, they're basically going to set up a, a, a welcoming committee for the Punisher. And, uh, they, they there's going to be a special surprise for him. So he calls his daughter out and, uh, and he says, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on out and say hi to everybody. And she's like, well, this is, is everything all right? Is this okay? And she's basically, and she's wearing a vest and it's, it's just outfit with C4 and, and, and so she's basically just a suicide bomber. So, and the issue ends by, you know, him telling her that, that, that she's going to make daddy real proud. And oh, so, geez. yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, wow. it's a typical Punisher story in that regard where, you know, there really aren't too many characters that, um, you're, you're rooting for or, or feel that, uh, can, can be redeemed. But now that you're going to put a child, in danger. Um, we'll just, I have to wait and see how, how Frank gets out of this one and, and how he saves the day. So, but I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I get Jason's apprehension for the series and, and 
why he feels the way he feels. For me, it's Punisher is, is, is in some respects, Punisher to me is doomsday events. So, I mean, if, if, if he's in a comic, if, if there's a, if there's a doomsday comic out there or a story, Vince is all about, it's the best thing out, out on the stands and, and there's, <laughs> there's nothing else that, that even can hold a candle to it. But with me, it's, and I know you, you're not a fan of the phrase, the term guilty pleasure, but I, no, I enjoy, I hate it. uh, <laughs> hate, wow. I do. Wow. I hate it. You should. You should never feel guilty um, for no, for and your that, but that's not that's that's not how I use it. But I, and again, I I you, see your. It does say what you want it to say, like if you know, I I know exactly what you mean right. when you say it, but it's and just, I know it's, you don't feel that way about it. But in 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 communicating what this is to you, that works. Saying it's a guilty pleasure, but blood. yes, I know. But so it's it's um, but it's a Punisher book, so I'm I'm all about it in that regard. Uh, and Dylan's back on it, so there really isn't. It's, it's familiar. It's, it's, com- it, it's, it's, it's a comfy pair of jeans. I'm, I'm enjoying right. it. And it's, yeah. and, and the colors are amazing. It's just, I, I don't know when I've last seen Dylan look this, this good. And it's just, um, I'm, I am enjoying it. So it's, it's, uh, and, and it's not the kind of thing where I feel like, oh, I need to defend it because, you know, other people aren't keen on Dylan or they think the Punisher. So I just, I'll, um, I'm having fun with it, so it's it's a, uh, no, it's it's a good time, and if and again, it's one of those you don't even have to have a lot of of history with the Punishers. Two issues in, it's a, it's a it's a writer who's never tackled the character before, um, so it's it, it's not like you need to know um, everything there is to know about the character, and and oh, I just saw you know a couple episodes of Daredevil, and he was in it. Then that's that that's fine, and you can just go with that as well. It, it's this is. It's it's a good, not a jumping on point because it's a new series. But if if you if you've never read Punisher before, this no problem picking this up and running with it. Nice. I'm gonna flip the script a little bit. I said I was gonna do all Valiant, but I want to make uh, people aware of this because uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked, "Hey, I love horror movies. What's out there?" In comics, like what kind of horror comics should I be reading? What should I be looking for? What what are the best? What are what are the ones to avoid? Blah blah blah. And um, being the uh, voracious cinematic horror fan that I am, I read all the magazines. Right, uh, Rue Morgue is a really good magazine. What they've done recently is they're producing, in addition to the Rue Morgue magazine proper, they're producing these special editions called uh the room org library and the latest one i believe it's the sixth one is called blood in four colors a graphic history of horror comics and you can get this thing at uh barnes and noble or books a million and because it's a special edition it stays on the rack longer than the regular magazine so like you don't it'll, it'll be there in a month or maybe even two months they tend to linger uh it's 132 pages cover price 14.95 but it pretty much covers all the bases uh starting in the 30s and the 40s you have the pulps 
the horror pulps, the the crime and the and the the mystery and the uh, stuff like that. But the, the these are not deep dives because they only have 132 pages, and there's a lot of ground to cover. Um, maybe 500, 600 words on most topics covered. Uh, for whatever reason, they cover Golden Age Batman. And, uh, he gets four pages cause it's Batman, but, um, they, they touch on EC, which gets a nice five pages. Then they go to the pre-code horror comics with Black Cat Mystery and Eerie. And then they tip the hat to Craig Yo and IDW for their keeping the, the blood curdling, uh, gruesomeness alive with haunted horror. Uh, it even touches upon Frederick Wortham and Seduction of the Innocent. And then it goes to Lee and Kirby's monster books. Uh, they stay a while at DC in the 60s with House of Mystery, House of Secrets, Witching Hour. Uh, Warren only gets three pages, which is nuts to me. Uh, then they shift over to Eerie Pubs with Tales from the Tomb and Weird. Uh, Melvin the Monsters covered. They even go to Dell. And Gold Key in the 60s with Boris Karloff and Dark Shadows. Spidey makes an appearance, Dave. Huh. Yes, they cover the 1970s Marvel monster horror. And this is a pretty meaty section. They start with Morbius in Amazing in issue 101. And they go to uh, Marvin Jean's Dracula and Werewolf by Night, Man-Thing, Ghost Rider. Everything you would expect knowing what we know. Everything you would expect to see in a section devoted to Marvel Bronze Age horror is in here. Monster Frankenstein, Living Mummy, Brother Voodoo, Giant Sized Creatures. But then, this is nuts. They cover Defenders 92 to 11, 111. And they give it a whole page. Just because Ghost Rider? I don't know. Whatever, right? Uh, Bernie Wrightson gets four pages, rightly so. Uh, Vampirella is spotlighted. They, they zoom in on her. Why not? Right. Look at her. Uh, heavy metal shows up. Alan Moore, Swamp Thing gets four pages and from hell. Then we go to Vertigo with Shades Changing Man. Um, even direct market books like Steve Bissett's awesome taboo and Fanico with Gore Shriek and, uh, Steve, um, Niles gets a little profile in here. We cover Dead World, Hellboy. Wow, Hellboy gets a lot. Spawn. Woot woot. Oh, uh, then we shifted over to manga with, uh, Junji Ito and Hideshi Hino's in here. Uh, Gyo makes an appearance. Black Hole with, um, Charles Burns. Chaos Comics, Lady Death. So it's pretty comprehensive. I mean, if if you didn't know anything, and of course, Walking Dead, if you didn't know anything about horror comics, you're a big horror fan, love the movies and all the, 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 the toys and stuff, but you've never really dabbled in comics, this is the place to get a nice overview of what you've missed. Marvel Zombies with Kirkman. Uh, Criminal Macabre's in here, Clive Barker, George Romero with his Empire of the Dead series. Uh, it even touches on my favorite zombie tramp, uh, Manifest Destinies in here, Five Ghosts, Revival, Witch Doctor. I mean, this is pretty deep for just 
a basic overview. You got Hellraiser. So, like I said, Afterlife with Archie. If you know nothing or very little about horror comics, this is the place to go. It'll, it will get you relatively up to speed and at least give you, uh, fodder for, you know, checking out stuff you've never read. Oh, the shadow. There we go. Hoax Hunters. It's a neat little book and it's, it's, uh, square bound too. So you can put it on your bookshelf and love it. I love Room Org. They've done one on toys. Uh, I have them all. I, I can't tell you what the, the first couple were, but it's just like the best horror movies of all time, the best blah, 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 stuff like that. Blah, blah, blah. Good, good little book to have on your shelf. Blood in Four Colors, it's called. Get it. All right, back to Valiant. Have you had enough of horror and you want to talk about some Valiant? I got more. How far are you into 4001 AD? Not at all. Oh, yes. It's the event. <laughs> it's their event. You got to read it. All right. Uh, illustrated by Clayton Crane, which is the main mini. 4001 AD main mini is illustrated by Clayton Crane. Uh, and Cafu and Andrew Dahlhaus does the, um, or do the Rye ongoing. Like, there will be 4001 AD arcs in, or special issues, right? In, um, for every, almost every character. Right. Yeah, but, I think, um, I think it interrupts Rye, but like Bloodshot has his own series. Right, a single issue. Did you read that? No, I just, I, oh, I saw the cover. No, it's nuts. It's crazy. You gotta read it. I, I wanted to talk about it, but it wasn't the, I, I knew you wouldn't have read that right. one, and I don't want to say anything about okay. it. Because it'll spoil it. It is awesome. Awesome stuff. But anyway, so if you're reading Rai, you know that Rai got cast out of New Japan for going against Father. Shot him down to Earth. Because New Japan resides in geosynchronous orbit. It's not part of the regular topography of the planet. It has separated and is resides above everybody else, which causes a lot of problems, right? Because shit happens, sections go dark and break apart and fall down to earth and people are killed. Uh, garbage is shot out. It's just not, it's not pleasant to reside under New Japan. Let's just put it that way. And um, so Rise cast out for going against Father, his creator. And is clawing his way back to New Japan. Well, how does he do that? Ace has help. Guess who's helping him? It's 4001 AD. What possible valiant character could be alive in 4001 AD? Armstrong. Close. It's in the same family. Or then it's just the Eternal Warrior then. No, it's Galad. Yeah. Um, the Eternal Warrior and is helping him out and they get to New Japan in a giant XO Manowar armor. It's very cool, right? Um, so they plan to take Father down because he's an artificial intelligence and he's not playing fair and he's, he's just shit in the bed. Um, and he's, he's scared. And how does Father express fear? Well, he just jettisons Entire sections of New Japan like crazy. Like, say, New York City. This section's acting up. You're done. 
It just, he separates it from New Japan and the thing just comes crashing to earth, killing millions, right? Doesn't care. Organic life means nothing to him. So behind the scenes, remember Lula? Did you read any of Rai? I think no. you read the first arc, right? Oh, you didn't? Well, I won't tell you who Lula is, but Rai has buddies back in, in New Japan. One of them is a rising geomancer, hence the appearance Shinseki of... Nakamura? No. <laughs> hence the, appear, the appearance of, of Gilad, where Gilad is. There's a geomancer somewhere nearby, right? So they're working to destabilize father. Um, they're terrorists, I guess you can call, yeah, you can call them that. They're blowing up shit. Um, but they're on the side of good. But they're still terrorists. I mean, from father's perspective, they're terrorists, right? So while all this is going on, what's happening in the main Rye miniseries? Well, it's, it's weird because it doesn't, it's not a story that's concurrent with 4001 AD. Even though it bears the banner, 4001 AD, it's a previous Rye. We learn the history and demise of a rye that came before the current rye, which I thought was odd, right? Because it doesn't—I mean, it doesn't do a whole lot to drive any of the a lot of the plot points in the miniseries. So, is it just tread and water? No, I don't think so because he's really cool. He has laser whips. <laughs> That's nuts. The dude has laser whips, and it just establishes a precedent that the rye soldiers more often than not realize that the man pulling the or the artificial intelligence that's pulling the strings that calls itself father is kind of insane kind of nuts and so they they rebel and it just shows that it reinforces the fact that fathers are all powerful and if he can just blink awry out of existence it's a tough battle is what what I'm trying to say is so it it kind of makes what the current rise well, the future eye is going through a little, it carries more weight because it's not easy to bring down daddy, especially when he is holding New Japan aloft in the process. And that changes too at the end of, uh, 4001 AD number three. It's a great little miniseries. That's cool. I don't understand. I don't, I can't conceive how one man produces this kind of art. Say what you will about Clayton Crane. He tends to be dark. I, okay, I'll give you that. But I'm talking about detail and, and palette and, and draftsmanship. How does one man do this on a monthly basis? It just, it boggles my mind. I wish we stuck around when he was doing, uh, Jason's jam piece just to see how fast he is. Because you know he's gotta be hella fast. Yeah, I just, I, I missed the conversation. What? I, I'm sure it was gonna be. It would have been such a great conversation if we hung around. No, it wouldn't have been any conversation. He probably just would have sat there and worked like he did. But um, maybe he doesn't want to let give anybody any insight into how he does it. Um, I, I can't detect a whole lot of digital tomfoolery, like um, with Stefan Stefan Sejic from Witchblade. He would tend to duplicate patterns. Mm-hmm. Especially on the, the Witchblade armor, and you would see that, it, well, knowing what I know about Photoshop and Illustrator, that you can make a brush that does that pattern and just drag it, and then you would get that, that like, scaling 
effect on the side of the the witchblade armor. So yeah, that there's but I can't find any of that in Clayton Crane's work. I'm sure there's digital assist in there somewhere, but I can't find it. I don't understand how he does it. It's so intricately detailed. It's bizarre. Like he he draws New Japan and it's like everything's there. He doesn't cut any corners. How is that possible for one man to do that? I would love to know. I want to be a bug on the wall. That's it. That's it. I do, I do believe. Let me see. Archer and Armstrong talked about that. 4001 AD, Bloodshot Reborn, Exo Manowar, Eternal War. That's all the Valiant I got. Damn. Sorry for, for cutting short. Mm. Damn. I love this fucking company. You do. I'm s- sorry, I do. I'm not, and it's just not like, I'm not glad handing anybody. If I didn't love the books, I wouldn't talk about them. I love these books. What is it? There's, I don't know. There's an enthusiasm and an energy in the Valiant books that I don't find anywhere else. From any company. They love what they're doing and it shows. Uh huh. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. There's, they're enthusiastic about that universe. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to, blah, blah, and you just, it, you can feel it. Yep. No doubt. And I got, I got a 4001 AD box cutter when I went to the comic shop this week. So my week's made. Yeah. Yeah, I can hijack planes and stuff. Cut a bitch. Yep, <laughs> I cut a bitch. He's a fool. The spirit of Rai compels oh, you. Oh shit! What up? What do we got? It's all fucking shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jason's ready to phone it in. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that next week. Is the flip side of this where Jason does next week not won't be. Up. Next week I'll be on vacation in the Dominican yeah. dog. So in two weeks, yes, it will be the flip de flip. All right. Did you guys read um, uh, Scooby Apocalypse number three? Mm-mm. No. I just want to say one thing. I won't say it. All right. <laughs> Flashback sequences by. Did you hear? Mm-hmm. Dale Eaglesham. Ah, it's nuts. Work? Beautifully. Cool. Beautifully, yes. Nice. Yep. Good stuff. Loved it. Vince, I found out uh, this week that uh, the chairman of Valiant is uh, one of my partner's next-door neighbors. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Can you get me swag? We get swag now. <laughs> no. We, no, we get books now. They have, they have, no, they have, um, they sent axes to some comic shops. I, I think it I could arrange for us axes. to do almost anything with Valiant at this point. Oh, damn. Get me an axe. Shit. No. Don't get me an axe. Get me the damn Book of Death, yeah. Legends of the Geomancer, because I ain't finding that book anywhere. Yeah, that's, okay. that's pretty. We don't want anybody to read that. We're just going to, you have to buy something else to get <laughs> it. Do you know the connection between Valiant and Marvel, Vince? Uh, other than Jim Shooter, what do you talk, um, Current mm-hmm. connection between I, I don't know. The chairman and backer of Valiant is Peter Cunio. Ah, oh, no kidding. His son is the COO of Valiant. Wow. Yeah. For those young listeners among us, don't know who we're talking about. Peter Cunio was the CEO of Marvel um, for a time during their uh, 
During it was a dark day. day. Yeah. So. So cool. Get me in. All right. Give me a job. A job? I can't do that. But yeah, I come on. You give me a job. You do anything. You can't. Nah, they don't hire ex-cons, dude. <laughs> well, then I should That's be fine. Burning uh, on your resume. Just because you don't claim it on your application doesn't mean it's not going to show up in the background check. I ain't no con. You're a Sicilian, aren't all you guys cons? Well, I mean, if it's in the blood, then then it's there, but I've never done You're anything. Like a con by injection, at least. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. By injection. Precisely. Right. Rough. All right, we still got to talk about more so books. Stranger, Stranger Things, uh, they, they got a, a second season coming. Yes. Yes. So that's the goodness. And they unfortunately announced that while we're getting more Marvel, it's going to be a long-ass time until we get those new Netflix shows. Well, the the next seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones are, what, 2018? 18, yeah. Yeah. But but we have... But, all right. But you got Luke Cage in a few weeks. That's in September. You that's have... Cool. Um, Iron Fist. You have Iron Fist after that. Punisher. And, and, uh, and Defenders. Right. Yeah. That's the one I'm least looking forward to. Really? Yeah, you use that name. That ain't the defenders. My defenders are Namor, the whole yes, silver surfer. Fuck that. Well, you need to strap. I prefer the defenders over. over over Marvel Knights. Why couldn't they use Marvel Knights? No, that would be great. Because they're why are you gonna walk around going Mar- with the Knights or Marvel Knights? What is that? Marvel no, Knights was an imprint it, because of the name. Of it the would publisher. be unspoken. It would be unspoken. They don't have to call themselves anything, as long as it's in the title. Who gives a shit what they call themselves? They just have to say, yeah, well, we're here. Some, some idiot Karen Page, the newspaper reporter, is probably going to uh, come up with the name The Defenders. She'll throw herself out of a building and, and someone will catch her. On the, either one the catching part. Who's got, who's got you? <laughs> that is a bad <laughs> outfit. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. Haters. He looks like he could use a couple of sandwiches. Who? That Superman in the yeah the with super- the J.J. Abrams lens flare all over the place. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean she looks amazing as usual, but he's that that's it's. Oh God! Yeah. I will wait to see how it looks in action. I I'm not going to dismiss an entire season or or his his characterization of the character based on this one really lackluster image. I mean that that doesn't look like. He doesn't carry himself like Superman. The costume's no, kind of neat, but it's it's not. I'm not. He doesn't have the Steve Reeves, Christopher Reeves, uh, and Christopher Reeves, <laughs> the, um, the Dean Cain. <laughs> <Dean Kane. laughs> so, all right, um, San Diego was this past weekend. It was, and I didn't pay a hell of a lot of attention to Nor it. Nor did I. But I have to say <laughs> that that whomever it was. That casts the DC films. Whoever set their sights on Gal Gadot should get a sizable, sizable bonus because that woman is exquisite in every respect. She is. She was standing there with just people and maybe like five, ten people around her. She, she, she stands out from a photograph. She's so. Yeah exceedingly gorgeous that she just kind of like that's the only thing you look at in that picture and i gotta say whatever she was wearing in san diego she she the girl has stones to wear something like that to in in a room with 
fanboys and fangirls because she was kind of exposed, right? Did you see that thing that was slit down? She was black on top and she had some kind of print pants on, but it's just like, I was, if I was ever in that, that room, there, I wouldn't be able to look at anything else. She is breathtaking. She's, she is. Yeah. That's the word I would use. She's uh, breath- but I have to say, surprisingly, Zack Snyder is responsible for that casting. Well, broken clock, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. No, I don't have an issue with this casting generally. I just have an issue with his inability to do anything with his cast. Yes. He does a good job casting, like all of his movies. I think, like I think the Watchmen cast, like they definitely were all they were. They were there was a lot of of right decisions there. It's just that the execution was poor. Why you didn't like Watchmen? What? You didn't like the movie? Uh, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. No, I think it's a good. It's a good movie. I don't think it's fan. I don't think it's fantastic. It's you know probably the best thing he's done, but that's not saying much. Um, no, the uh, the hours of Gahul was pretty good. Oh, I, I wasn't down with that. David's holding out on us. How so? Because you saw you you went to the theater. That's my your travels, boo. Oh, oh it is. Mm. Uh, I figured so? I'd, I've I've I'll save it for the end. Wait, I was boo. Yes, I was boo. Yep. See, we should wrap it up. <laughs> no, Look, you're gonna suffer. Little man. Little man. Little man. <laughs> little man. <laughs> I just tower over you, bitch. No, uh, laying down. That's true. Like a tent. <laughs> <laughs> just wait to uh, be spoon in a couple months at New York. Uh, no, I, I can't wait. I I'm gearing up. That's going to be the awesomeness. Yeah, spoonage. Yeah, we're going to get, let's get stuff done. We always get stuff done, son. I know, but I mean, we got to network. We got to get out. Network. There. What? You and Ness, you're so totes and dorms. Right? <laughs> totes and dorms. Vince networking. It's hilarious. Coos, coos, coos. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're, that's hysterical. You're hysterical. What else do I have on the stack? When I, when, when I and Dap were tasked with getting intros, we took your little challenge and crushed it by threefold. When you returned to the con scene, we got, I think, one intro. Yeah. That's because you all distracted me. Oh, that yeah. was the game. Yeah. yeah you just threw yeah, some shiny things. Like, hey, Marcel, Marcel, can you give us the intro? Marcel, Marcel. Marcel, Marcel. How many people are going to get that? Dude, <laughs> we, we skew old, man. We skew old, all right? Okay. Uh, right. So I went to, um, I, I, this was actually this was a while ago. They've just been sitting here on the desk. So, the, whoa, <laughs> that will, that that one lifted some cheek. <laughs> I don't know you had on the couch. You don't need a Roku to get this kind of class. <laughs> class. Oh shit. Um. <laughs> so there was uh, way back in the day. Um, like I'd even say, hmm, 19, I'm talking about, son of a bitch, where's the year on this? 1984. Oh, good year. Great year, actually. Um, complete with a, a, an Atari Mario Brothers. Ad. 
Mm. And I can hear the song when uh, something's coming up, the plumbing for Luigi's in a bite. I can hear that goddamn song still in my head. So anyway, 1984, this is uh, issue number 233, part one of Justice League of America Rebirth. Because following their annual, which introduced some new characters, this was the beginning of the Detroit era Justice League. And right there on page two and three is a double page splash of vibe breakdancing. How can you even Unlike- consider this not a... I have the no, Tom DeFalco right no, there? No, no, but uh, Jason's BFF, Jerry Conway, did. Yeah, I have to say I was never a fan. I, my problem with the Detroit era was that it, there were many... I, I was not sad to see the series end. Um... I don't think it was a very good use of Aquaman at See, all. That's, and that, right, and that's one of my... Aquaman is a complete and utter dick. Yeah. In this... In, this is... The the four, but four he, parts... He is royalty, and they do tend to be a little douchey, but... Too... It's, no, he was too a hard-assed. But go ahead. He, no, he absolutely was, because he's giving... He's giving Steel a hard time... He's giving, um, and the whole, and, and it's like, it, it's like, dude, it's not even your home. They're, they are, they're in a warehouse that's been retrofitted to accommodate Steel and Steel's father's friend, um, Dale, who, um, who's basically kind of Hank's, Hank Haywood's, um, Guardian, for lack of a better term. But yeah. um the annual that preceded this issue, this 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 new new era, um introduces Vibe and Gypsy uh as new characters, but then uh adds existing DC characters, Vixen and Steel to the Justice League, which is now um, being one of the original founding members, Aquaman is basically the leader of this group, uh, followed by Martian Manhunter and uh, Elongated Man and Zatanna. So, yeah, that Zatanna costume's not working either. Oh, you don't like, like the top that. hat? You don't like the yeah. You don't like with the uh, no the, with the sleeves no and, no. and the cape. The, the, there were there were a few things going on with the with, with these four issues. It's it's um it's called Rebirth, but it's it's gang war, claws, heavy metal, and gypsy genius. And the whole um there's one theme going throughout it at the beginning of each issue. Uh, there's there's basically a um uh you're getting the the origin of of the planet going back 580 million years ago, and and 
every little living organism um, wanting to just wanting their place in the sun or just uh, being allowed to to kind of just live but something always stops them from uh, from getting too far they all want too much so something stops it and and that ties into this this alien who uh or actually we're we're the citadel is what is 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 the big bad of the um of the series and the the characters are kind of they're they're not throwaway characters but they're just kind of um awkward i mean a couple of them are pretty cool looking Black Mass is interesting. You have this, this one chick who kind of looks like Black Orchid. You have, uh, a, a Iron Fisty type dude. And then you got the dude who, who basically could throw a baseball. So it's like, yeah. you got that one dude who's just always, everybody's got that one friend. So the, uh, when the team finally all get, they're not on the same page at all during these four issues. There's arguing, there's, you know, vibes in a gang. He's not sure if he wants to join the Justice League. He's got his own shit to deal with. Gypsy's just flaky as AF. She's just not, she, she, she's not effective at all. I'm invisible, (laughs) psych. So it's, she's, she's not sure what to help do. Martian Manhunter's kind of just, he's, this. He's like the odd man out. But he is, he just, he's like, why can't we all just get along? He's like, come on, man, let's, let's just hug it. He's not, he, he, he's like, just, can we all seriously just, just breathe in for a second and, and he just wants everybody to be cool and, and just chill. But Aquaman's got this stick up his ass and, and he's giving, he's giving Steel a hard time because Steel's young and he's not experienced and, 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 you know, that's, that's, I get the whole, you know, learn from my experience. Um, um, I've been doing this a lot longer than you. You can listen to me, but his, the way he's going about it, nobody wants to listen to him. Everybody's giving him shit. He's even like trying to snap it like Sue did. And it's like, dude, now you can tell your story walking. So it's, it, I, I think I found these issues again and in the back issue bin at some con. So I was just flipping through them again, but it, it's, isn't aren't there two diptychs? They're the four covers um, go on top of each like, other. Two of them are at the bottom, and then because oh that, right, this, right, um, so okay. because steel is holding the the platform that vibe is on top of, and Gypsy is jumping right. off of, and then uh, like Overman or whatever the hell his name is, he's on yeah. But if you covers. if you put them next to each other, two thirty three and two thirty four connect, and then, and then two thirty five. But I never. I never thought goes to, underneath. That, yeah. Okay. So you taught me something. There you go. Um, I like that. But the, the the art is by Chuck Patton. It looks it, it's it's I I like Chuck Patton. I've, I've I've enjoyed his work for a long time. Um, Bill Anderson inks the the first issue. There there are um, there's there is a. Uh, Mike Macklin is, is an anchor on one. So it's, it's, the anchors kind of, um, float around a bit, but the, uh, Rick Magyar is on another one. Yeah. But, I was gonna say, but the, uh, the, the, the look is pretty much consistent. I, I think Patton 
pretty much nails everybody. His Aquaman looks good. His steel looks good. I like his Martian Manhunter. Um, Vixen is strong and, and you really can't go wrong with the elongated man. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's one of those things where I think reading it back then, I don't know if I loved it, but I enjoyed it more when it was for, when it first came out. And then, and, and yeah, the Detroit era is, is, is the one that's laughed at the most, even more than the Bwahaha days. It's, it really is. It, it was, it, it was silly. It, it was kind of silly. It was just it was like Detroit. It's like, really? So I just, but it, it the team also didn't, it, it, it's like the, the leather, leather jacket Avengers. It, it's just, I'm not, yeah, well, you know why Vixen's on the team, right? Why, why is Vixen making an appearance in any book? It's for the, the X-Men recognition. Oh, you think? The tr- oh, definitely. Yeah. And then she's got this whole subplot going with this, with this African priest and, and, and her totem is, is, he's attracted to the totem. There's something, there's, there's a whole, he, the, this, this, this guy is responsible for, for the death of, of her father. There's just, there's, I think there were some threads that they, that Conway was trying to leave dangling so you could, you know, pick them up later, the whole thing with, with Vibe and his brother and the gang. And it, it, but it was, I, I think, I mean, I, I yeah, it, it's weird because then I would see the, uh, the character pictures and like, who's who? I'm like, the Citadel show. I was like, oh man, I should read that again because I, I thought that that was, I enjoyed it. I, I think, over the four issues, there were a few things that I really, really liked and, and like, oh, that must be, but then as a whole, reading all four issues, I'm like, this was not as good. As <laughs> not I as strong as I remember. I, yeah. I, I want to go back in time. I got, speaking of going back in time, I picked up two books, um, from the back issue bin this week at the shop. Superman family. Uh, 165 and 168. Ooh. Now, what makes these issues special? I'll give you a hint. There's tape on the cover. No. They had a 60 cent cover price. Oh, so then how many pages are they? Ah, my man. 100 pages for only 60 cents. And, uh, if there's anything that attracts me, to a back issue comic, it's that masthead DC 100 pages for, for 50, 60 cents. I will, even if I have them already, if they are a reasonable price, I would, I buy them all the time. I, I have a ton. I have at least three, four short boxes full of the, the 100 page issues. Obviously duplicates. But my question to you is, I'm going to err on the side of caution here because I don't think he did all of them. But, so I'll phrase it this way. What artist created the overwhelming majority of 100-page um, issue covers? Neil Adams. Nope. Nope. Not surprised. Uh, not Joe Kubert. Nope. Carmine? Nick Cardi. Oh yeah. 
He did a ton of them. Oh, God, and, and not just the hero, like the, not the superhero books, like, you know, Superman family, the Batman books, blah, blah, blah. He would do the house of mystery ones. He would do the, the secrets. It didn't matter. It, it, the Legion, it seemed like Nick Cardi was the go-to guy for these little, um, it was basically one large image, maybe about, third of the cover and then two smaller ones to the right or to and and he just nailed them every one of these 100 page covers are are just fantastic i love them nick cardi there you go did we lose jason you did not there you are he's here Ooh, i need this is i'm gonna look for this in October. Hmm. Although I could probably just go online and find it real quick. But I need number 13 of, again. Mage. No. I still wow. need, I, I, I still need to replace my first issue of Mage, but. That's right. First um, issue. Issue number 13 of Vigilante. Because I recently read, reread number 12, which is written by character co-creator Marv Wolfman and art by Gil Kane. Yes. And even though it's pretty much a standalone story, it does continue into the next issue. So I want to reread that one again. Um, I think DC's reprinting Vigilante. I think you're right. Um, I th- uh, wasn't maybe I'm bleeding cool how he scours Amazon for all the upcoming yeah. upcoming trades. I think Vigilante was one of them, which would be cool because I've never read it. Really? And now I told you that I've never I've never read Vigilante. I've never read Batman the Outsiders. No, oh, well, Batman the Outsiders. I remember. Um, yeah, I. Adrian Chase, I may not be the hugest fan of, but I absolutely adore the character Vigilante and, and especially the look. Um, I think the only Vigilante I got was in Titans. Right? Didn't he appear in Titans? Yeah, Adrian Chase was the district um, attorney in the new, yes. in the new, in the new Teen Titans. Um, and he appeared, he first appeared in the annual in, in full costume and then, uh, and then spun off into his own series with the first, First issue with that kick-ass Keith Pollard cover. It was a direct market. It's a great book. cover. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. I mean, cover. I mean, it's it's the black with the with the blue and white stripes. It's it's just um, you know you don't have to worry about any. You know where every, depending on who the artist is, just based on how they draw the lines in the blue or the white makes up the definition of of, a, of, of his arms or, or the way he's standing. You don't, because it's, cause it's completely black. It's not like there's any, there's no leather, there's no outline, where there's like some white shading that might give you an idea of, you know, where, where his abs or his pecs are. It's just, it's straight black. And um, I've always liked that specifically. But this, this issue number 12, there, there's a, it's almost like an anthology where Adrian Chase is, writing in his uh Punisher War Journal and he's doing a um he's even his little he's even in his little vigilante Winnebago. So I'm just waiting for microchip to show up. But you have um so sad. He's gone <laughs> He dead. So you have uh uh while he's in full ah, I love Gil Kane and I he there's that whole story about when when he was um he was chosen 
draw aliens for for Dark Horse, and I'll I'll tell you that story someday. But and I mean, it's online too. But anyway, Gil Kane is is drawing the vigilante, and so he's going out to shoot at some beer cans for target practice because he's got to hone his skills. But he's still like he's full outfit, head to toe, complete with the red goggles. It's like, dude, you're really gonna be in the so so he's before he can shoot his his gun, he hears another gunshot go off, so he runs into the woods to find out what the hell's going on. And um there's a Charles Bronson looking dude and two other guys chasing a typical Gil Kane damsel in distress, complete with the rip shirt and, and the bro the boob flopping out. Love yep. it. Yep. And uh and I love the way he draws bullets being fired from a gun because it's just it's just that the the two lines coming from the barrel and and it's you can follow the trajectory. That's just that's and they they tackle the woman down. It looks like they're about to rape her. Vigilante stops them. She picks up a gun and she just starts blowing them away. And he can't stop her because apparently years ago she was raped by these same men. Wow! So now she's out for revenge, and she um she um. Apparently he gets, uh, he gets knocked for a loop. So he, he's, he's too groggy to stop her after she shoots them all. So she runs away and, um, and she thanks him before she takes off for, for stopping them so she can, uh, take care of business. So he, uh, he cuts to another story. Where some guy who works at a uh, at a plant works being outsourced overseas to uh, to to the uh, yeah being outsourced overseas out to uh, um, out to the Japanese. So everybody everybody works at the plant. They go to the bar. Everybody's all pissed. A bunch of Chinamen walk in. Uh, Chinese businessman walk into the, uh, walk into the bar and the main guy, the, the one causing the ruckus, who's all pissed off about losing his job, he basically stirs up the crowd, everybody in the bar and, um, and they attack and, and, uh, they attack these just innocent people and, and, uh, on the stand, he's like, you know, he's, he's trying to justify his actions and what he did. Um, and, and then there's the drama with that and, and how they, the jury ends up not convicting. Yeah, sure. You know, no problem. Go ahead. So it, it, it and it, a lot of it kind of ring true for these days. And then the last story is, um, is, is a junkie who is, um, looking for a fix and, and is holding someone high, just firing on, on, on people below in the street. Uh, cause that's a good way to get your fix. So he's, he's, hell? he's just, um, he's like, I, I, I need some lose. I need something to calm down. And, and, uh, and, and like the detail on the junkie's face is like insane. I, I, Kane has to have had, he must've modeled this dude off of someone he knows, but, um, Flared nostrils. He's, he's got the, a big nose too. Big wide yeah. nose and, and, um, dude's hair is all stringy. He's, he's a skinny looking dude. I mean, it's, 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 it's just, he's, he's a greasy white looking guy. It's, it's insane, but he, um, he's, he's just, he's losing it 
and and he's just firing his rifle left and right and and doesn't care you know what the hell's going on and and he he's all pissed off because the woman he was with she she um she Jenny Jenny's gone she took all the drugs with her she's not here anymore and and it hurts so much and and it turns out that that Jenny's in in the bathroom because she's she OD'd and she did yeah she 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 did sitting on the toilet all, all strung up and um. And, and vigilante is just like, like Elvis, like Elvis, just no, no vomit sticking coming out of her mouth. But so, so vigilante kind of just shows up to calm the dude down. And, and then that's, you know, he's, he's just, he's, he's, uh, just thinking about the people that, that, that he's met in the past few days. So I know that it, it, it goes somewhere from there, but I mean, just to see Gil Kane drawing a, I'm used to, Kane drawing the typical superhero fair, your Adams, your Supermans, and, and, and to see him just kind of draw a story where, you know, people getting shot in the head and, and, and junkies firing on cops below. It's, it's like savage, like savage. So, yep. um, and, and just for you, Vince, the back, the, the, the last page in the comic has a, a full page ad of Star Trek, new adventures every month by Mike W. Barr, Tom Sutton, and Ricardo Villagran. And, and it's the, um, it's the Star Trek two era with the, uh, with the turtlenecks and, and those tunics. So you have, uh, Savick in the picture. I gotta get those because that's another that, big that, blind that, spot. that first. And it shouldn't be because it's not with George Perez. Yeah. Yeah. The George Perez cover, but yeah, the Sutton stuff is good. He, he, he did a real, real good. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like you were hit over the head with the reference. You obviously knew who everybody was. And it, he did just enough. His his Scotty was amazing, but yeah, Sutton. I don't know how the hell he did it. He just yeah, he had an amazing knack. Kind of like Purcell. I mean, Purcell's a little cleaner, but at least with Purcell, it's not like I'm looking at William Shatner or Leonard Nimoy. But obviously, based on who he's drawing, you know exactly he does just enough where you know who the character's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. All right, you want to wrap it up? I'm dying to hear Jason's in your travel, so if you want to. Me too, me too. Mm-hmm. I'm just dying to hear from Jason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you want cheap comics? Where do you go? Discount Comic Book Service. This is the last time you're going to hear them. DCBService.com. What did I say? Young Animal, Doom Patrol number one, 99 cents. Oh my god. Headlopper, Trade Paperback, Volume 1, Andrew McLean, 9.99, and Love and Rockets Monthly. From Fanographics and the Brothers Hernandez, $1.99. In your travels. I'm not going to talk about this book at length because I want you to read it if you have it. Um, Because I'm going to talk about it next week. It's the entire 10-issue series published by Dynamite. Like uh, David with the Vigilante, we all have characters that just make us sit up and take notice. Um, probably because this character had a short run series in the 60s and a couple of those issues were drawn by Pat Boyette, who I love. Yes, your boy. I got you a Pat Boyette and, art. Yeah, and I just picked up an issue over the years and I was like, wow, I love this character. And it's he's not a popular character. It's one of those irrational things. We latch on to characters like like. Moon Knight, you know, like people who love Moon Knight really love the character. Mm-hmm. Um, this is 
the character was created by Pete Morisi. This incarnation was written by Steve Darnall <laughs> and Alex Ross. Illustrated by Jonathan Lau and colors by Minicus Andrade. It is Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. Mm. Love this character. And, uh, Dynamite published a 10 issue series sometime around, uh, let's see, 2013. So I'm going to talk about it next week. The Alex Ross covers are really sharp on this. What? And that's not something that I often say. That's crazy I, talk. I did find. No, they're really good I don't covers. Say it on Amazing Spider-Man, that's for sure. Crazy no, talk. But the 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 Ross covers really work here. Good. So yeah, Peter Cannon Thunderbolt next week. Wow. Yep. Never got. I I, I never dug that costume. Oh, I love the costume with the split and then the shorts. Yes. And then, no, no, yes. No. My my legs are love cold. It. Well, good thing you got long sleeves on. <laughs> He's like like Magnus, robot fighter. Right. Dude, no, dude, see, where's Magnus you? at least had, uh, he didn't care about his sleeves either. He just. Nah, he was going to beach. Right. I'm going to beat beach. the shit out of some robots and I'm going and to beach. Then, yeah, like a man out of Jack. Man out of Mac, that's it. <laughs> Magnus kicks in in my that's face. That's it. Why you fucker. Got, I'm not a robot, Magnus. <laughs> Shut up, Mac. <laughs> Except skinny. <laughs> I'm thinking your woman. Thinking your woman's Give me that up. arm. You need a sandwich. Oh, you need a sandwich. What do you got? Uh, in your travels. I did go to the movies. I, uh, I went Ooh, to, um, uh, I saw Star Trek Beyond. And it is, um, if you, now I've, I've enjoyed all of the Star Trek movies since, since 2009. So it's, but I, I, I get that some people weren't feeling into darkness. This will, um, this, this doesn't feel like into darkness. This is a, um, there's, there's a lot of laughs there. Um, I may have teared up once or twice. There were, uh, um, it is a great movie to see the relationship of the crew uh mature and 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 how they're um how they're working together how they just all um it's not just seven people who work together or or just and everybody kind of has a scene with another member of the crew the first movie was was Kirk and Spock and then the second movie um was maybe more so Kirk and McCoy this one is McCoy and Spock and, and Yuhura and Sulu and Scotty and Chekhov. Everybody works really well with whatever crew member they're in the scene with at the time. And, and it's just, and it feels like they've, they've gotten to know each other. It, it, it's, they're, they're, they're three years into the five year mission. And there are things going on that going a little stir crazy. They, they didn't. Yeah. You may be all excited about deep space exploration and, you know, we're going to go where no one has gone before, but when there isn't anyone else out there and there's no, no one else to share these experiences with because this is all unknown. Uh, it, it's, can get on you and, and, and it's nerves are, are a little afraid 
to, to some degree. So, uh, especially Kirk that they're looking for some normalcy and, and, and a little bit of a routine. So, um, that's kind of when the movie really starts to, um, to pick up. That's when we, we, we get a sense of what's in store. Um, this kind of felt like a big budget version of of the original series an episode from the original series it it's um it's not a heat there's not a lot of spacefaring battle action it it's kind of a landlocked uh movie but it it absolutely works there's there's one actor who's in the movie uh you may feel was wasted somewhat but um overall as far as the the characters everybody's motivate everybody's motives and and uh how the day is saved it's it's all told really well i didn't i i whereas again some people with into darkness whether it was the 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 fan service to the Wrath of Khan and and just you know haha wink wink nudge nudge and elbowing people to you know we're funny and we have you know that they're, they're if you saw this episode from way back when you may have gotten this joke there wasn't really any of that here it it's pretty straightforward it, it's Simon Pegg's one of the writers on it and and I think he uh, he the love of of the material kind of kind of comes through there's a slight change in the uh, in the uniforms, which I would, which I really, really liked, but overall, I, I was really happy with it. I kind of want to see it in the theater again. I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to wait for it to, um, to be available for home to, to see it again. I, I, I really, really dug it. Cool. I'm glad because uh, it had a lot of, um, seemed like it had a lot of negative. Like pre pre expectations, you know. Yes. Like it, it, and I, like I don't know. I didn't. I feel like uh, there's been a bunch of movies that have gotten ripped to shit before anyone's actually seen them. Yes. And then people see them, and they're like, "Oh, it's not bad." Like the new Ghostbusters. Has there been a movie that's more mid more vilified going into the release weekend than that movie? I mean, it was like the laughing stock, and then like half the people went and saw them. Were like, "Oh, it's pretty good." Like it's crazy. I don't know what's going on with the world. Well. Yeah. My God, yeah, that makes me uh, makes me think of other things. Um, in your travels, I, uh, I as I said, I didn't read anything this week, but I did read this last week and didn't get to talk about it. Um, They're not like us, Volume Two: Us Against You, uh, written by Eric Stevenson with beautiful art by Mister Simon Gain, Jordi Belair on com- on uh, on colors. Um. You all may remember the series from the first arc where we all talked about it. Vince was a big fan of it. Um, about a group of uh, post-college sort of 20-somethings that have different types of powers, largely mental powers. And uh, there's a Fagin character that essentially has them all working for him under code names and almost like a cult leader. And the first arc is about their coming together and coming to terms with this dude and basically getting out from under him. And the second arc is all about their lives out from under him and uh, trying to cope each in their own way of sort of being back to normal. Um, it's a very, very uh, dialogue heavy. Uh, it's a lot of people sitting around talking to each other. Um, 
visually it's just it's it's a lot of 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 people sitting around and having conversations and fighting and arguing and making up and so um like it, that may not sound all that appealing as it's being described but Gain is the perfect artist for it because the the characters are so beautiful and so distinctive, and the colors are great too. Jordy really does a great job. That um, it's this interesting, I guess, slice of life you could call it, but with a very cool uh, twist. You know, it's 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 steeped in this in this idea that these people are really powerful and have difficulty coping with uh, you know they're fucked up people, but they have these abilities, and so that's a bad combination. Um, even when they're well intended. So, uh, I can't really get too much into the plot cause I, it's really a plot driven book here. There's not, like I said, it's very much character driven, but, uh, but to those that maybe did check out the first arc and we were pimping it and then didn't realize that it was a follow up or haven't been, been on it. The trade just came out and, uh, it's, it's an awesome follow up. I, I think I may have liked this arc a little bit more than the first arc, even just because, we're through the obligatory get to know each character, uh, part of the book. So, uh, it's definitely worth continuing on if you, if you just checked out the first arc and didn't, didn't check out the second. Simon Gaines cool. ridiculous, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. The way he draws women, forget it. Yep. Just gorgeous. If you want to see another layer of Simon Gaines, he did Godzilla for IDW. Mm-hmm. It, it's nuts. It's it's completely unlike this book. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, different, yeah. Different uh, crooks. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us once again. If you enjoyed any of this, and I'm sure you did, leave us an iTunes review if you would be so kind, or a review somewhere else on another platform. Um, we will have something. Nice and tasty waiting for you next week. As always, say good night. Oh, David. Good night. Oh, David. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll be back. I'll speak to y'all in two weeks. Waiting for you. Oh, you'll keep in no, touch with us. The yes, there we go. Okay. Yeah, I'm you'll scared, hear from me in two weeks. There you go. Come on, Need my fix. Oh, boy. Or whatever. Whatever. Okay. Bye. Let's love the website up Daily dose of boo. Aww. Yeah. Leader <laughs> chatting. <laughs> this is so great. Uh, yeah, you're such a hater. I am not a hater. Bye. Hodles.
Shoot them!